Uh, praise the Lord. Hey, um, yes, I, I am going to speak for just a moment or two, and I, I will do everything in my, my power. God might intercede and supersede my power. I hope he does, and let's hear what the Lord has to say to us this morning, but I, I, I'm excited about it. I felt a, a, an extreme overwhelming move of the Spirit just this week as I was preparing and listening to the Lord to share. And I had a, I had a, a direction to go that was, I thought was going to be really great and really fantastic. And it was, it was going to break down these two kingdoms that are, that are in conflict, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of this world. So, and as I was looking at all that and I was preparing it, and it was really awesome stuff, some good theology, a good ground, some, some nice foundational stuff to stand on and like for us to identify what's going on in this world and and, 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 and try to connect all the dots, and, and I was hoping to give us all some little bit of clarity and maybe some understanding, and then God said, no, don't talk about that. Wait till next week. So I said, okay. So, so I said, well, then what? And he goes, let's, let's talk about the freedom of the Lord. And here's what I want to share this morning, and I feel like it's, a, it's, a, it's just a neat thing to just, I, the simplicity of the invitation. We've all been invited to a feast. Did you know that? Hey, listen to this. I want to tell you some great news. You have all, and we have all, been invited to an awesome feast. I mean, really, like this, this amazing, fantastic meal that we are invited to is for us to just simply RSVP. You know what RSVP means, right? Right? Okay, can anybody speak it in French? Who has a French tongue? I mean that in the most... Uh, 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 innocent way. Yes. See what he said. Okay. <laughs> I got it written down, but I. Répondez s'il vous plaît. Speak, uh, stick, to, stick to English. <laughs> Simply means, though, just please respond or, or respond please. That's all it means. It's a French term, French word we use. I don't know why we carried it over, but we have and we do. So this invitation that God has given us simply requires, it, it actually does require an RSVP on our part. We must respond. And listen to this. I'm going to tell you this. No response is a response. So let's respond to the invitation and go to the feast. Simple. Let's just do it, okay? Let's feast at the table of the Lord. I want to read to you a passage of Scripture, Isaiah chapter 55, and it's 1 through 3 and 6 through 7, 6 and 7. So I'm going to jump, skip 4 and 5 as I read this. And I might stop here and there. You guys know how, what happens when I start in Scripture. The Holy Spirit says highlight that it says is anyone thirsty <laughs> is anyone thirsty come and drink even if you have no money come take your choice of wine or milk it's all free I love this and then he goes on this is Isaiah why spend your money on food that does not give you strength why pay for food that does you no good. Listen to me and, and you will eat what is good. 
You will enjoy the finest food. Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen and you will find life. Let me just stop there for a second because I think this is a, this is a nice little invitation for us to come expecting to hear from the Lord. Come with your ears open to hear from God. And I think that there is, a, there is a, 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 an intentional purpose that we must like, we must settle ourselves into what God, what we want, what we feel, or what, how do I say it again? Let me start over. We must actually resolve to wanting to hear from the Lord with our ears wide open. Have you ever noticed, if you, have you ever uh, come to church? Let me just, I don't want you to raise your hand because I don't want you to out yourself. Have you ever come to church with a critical mind? A cynical spirit, maybe. Let me ask you, did you get any good food that morning? No, I guarantee here's what happened. You got rotten food and in turn made you more critical and more cynical. Doesn't work, does it? So if you come expecting to hear from the Lord, if you come actually with ears wide open, with a heart willing to receive what the Holy Spirit wants you to, wants you to hear, and it may not be, have anything to do with anything that the preacher or pastor says. Did you know that? I love that the Holy Spirit has the capability and the power to speak to you, not from the words that come out of my mouth, but through the Spirit of God that, is, that rests in this place when we lift His name and worship Him. The Holy Spirit will speak to you if you come with your ears open and your heart willing to receive what God the Holy Spirit has to say. But if you come with bitterness or with, cynical, uh, with a cynical spirit or with a critical mind, what will you receive? Rotten food. You'll come to a table and you'll sit down and you'll say, this food sucks. <laughs> this food is horrible. It's all rotten. He doesn't even know what he's talking about. Oh my gosh, the church across the street, they, he, man, he really knows what he's talking about. This is, this is bad stuff. And it, all it does is, is it's this vicious cycle that creates more critical, more rotten food. But when we come, when we come willing and wanting to hear from God with our ears wide open, our heart willing to receive, man, the food is good. The food is really good. I like good food. I think you guys know that, right? I love good food. I'm ready to go get some good food right now. Listen and you will find life. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. I will give you all the unfailing love I promised to David. <laughs> you know, even as I hear that, those words, there's something in my spirit that just really jumps and it jumps hard and it jumps high because there's something that I, I, I look at and I look at what God has promised to his people, what he continues to promise to his people, and they do not come, they do not fall short. His promises are always yes and amen. His promises, and he's saying, I, as I've promised the promises to David, I'm giving them to you. If you come to my table, if you come to my table, 
Do you see what's being played here? What God is actually displaying before us? He's displaying before us two tables. I can see it, and I don't want to look at certain tables and say one table is good, one table is bad. But here's what he's saying. There's two tables here. There's a table of the world, which is the kingdom of the world. And then there's a table of God, the table of the Lord, which is the kingdom of God. He said, come and eat at this table, which the kingdom of God resides in. The king, this table sits in the kingdom of God. And in this table you'll find life. And in this table you'll find food that is good. And the other table you'll find it's going to cost you a lot. In fact, he says you spend all your money on this table, but it's just rotten. It's of no good. It's, it actually makes you more sick. And, and so, so when, we, when, when he's pointing it out, he say, when you're thirsty, come to my table. Do you hear what he's saying this? Come to my table and I will give you food that is good for your soul, that is good for your heart, good for your mind, good for your entire body. You, you as a person, it's good food. It will actually quench your thirst. But if you go to the table of the world, which is extremely tempting, very tempting. Do you guys remember the temptations that Jesus was, was tempted with? when Jesus was taken out by the Spirit into the wilderness and He was tempted by the devil after 40 days of fasting? Do you remember what the things, the things that, and I'm just going to, I'm going to highlight these even more so even next week and the next coming weeks, but do you remember what those temptations were? They were all good things. They weren't bad things. They were all good things. They were all things that were of this world, but they were good things. I mean, the entire world and all of its cities and all of its kingdoms, you can rule them? That sounds pretty cool. When you're really hungry, turning a, a rock into bread, I, food is good, right? And then he says, the last one is if you just simply worship me, surrender everything and worship me, then you can have everything. You know, these are all things that, that God has actually made us to do. To eat, to worship, and to live, and to even to rule with authority. God created us this way. God designed us to do these things. But the table of the world is going to make us sick. The table of the world will make us actually... It will turn us into something that the world wants to turn us into, the devil does, and it's rotten. But the table of God, the table of the Lord will make us healthy, bring us life, quench our actual thirst. In verse 6, I love it, and then Isaiah is going on, he says, verse 6, seek the Lord while you can find Him. Call on Him now. Seek the Lord while you can find Him. Call on Him now. Let us seek the Lord first. Let us seek first the kingdom of God. Seek the Lord while you can find Him. He is near. Let the wicked change their ways and banish the very thought of doing wrong. Let them turn to the Lord that He may have mercy on them. Yes, turn, our, turn to our God for He will forgive generously. Amen. So who is the invitation for? Talk about an invitation. Who is it for? All of us, right? But let's, let's narrow it down. Let's, let's settle into 
I don't want to just make a generic statement. Like all are invited. That's true. There's, that, is, that is a truth. The, the, the word, I think I've, I've sp- spoken it a lot. <clears throat> My favorite word in the Bible is whosoever. Because that's all inclusive. I love that. But the invitation is for us. <clears throat> Any who are stuck in sin, the invitation is for you. Any who are bound up in sin, the invitation is for you. Any who feel insignificant, the invitation is for you. You ever feel like you just don't matter? This invitation is for you. Any who are fearful, this invitation is for you. Any who are jealous, this invitation is for you. Any who are bitter, this invitation is for you. Any who are angry and frustrated with life, this invitation is for you. Any who are dissatisfied, this invitation is for you. And this one probably hits more of us than any. Any who are weary and burdened with the pressures of this world, this invitation is for you. Are we going to eat at the world's table or at the table of the Lord? Two different kingdoms. Two different kingdoms calling for our presence to just sit and dine. Where are we going to eat? I believe Jesus is continuously still inviting us all to rest in Him, to eat with Him. The word that He speaks, that I am gentle, that I am humble, and I have my best for you. And yet at the same time, Jesus is gentle and humble. He is, he is powerful enough to handle all of your issues. He can handle all of your issues. All of your ailments. And here's even some great news. He's also fully willing and fully able to provide for all your needs. That's awesome news. To just, for us to simply RSVP to his invitation to come and sit at my table and eat with me. If you're thirsty, I will give you drink. If you're hungry, I will give you food. Again, no response is a response. Because here, let me tell you, there's something that's, that's happening and it's been happening for thousands of years. By default, we sit at the world's table. By default, we dine with the world. It takes intention to actually dine with God. To sit at God's table, it takes intention on your part. In other words, you can't just say, well, if God just wants me to sit there, then he'll just like plop me at it. It's like, no, you must, we must, all of us must make a choice, make a decision to open up the door, walk in the room, pull out the chair, and sit down and eat with God. And I know it's like, well, what does that look like? And then you're talking about all this eating and sitting and, and, and dining with God, but what does that actually look like? How do I actually do that? How do we apply that principle 
to just sit and eat and dine with God? How do we do it? Good question, right? And, and, and that's, that, that speaks to this, this call from us that Jesus is inviting us. God is inviting us to come and sit and I will give you so much more than you can even ask or imagine. And I will bless you above and beyond just table scraps or even the, the, the physical food that we think we need, the house to live in, the car to drive. And there's, there's everything under the sun, the job to work at, the wife to marry, the kids to raise. Oh boy, there's a lot of pressure in life, isn't there? That's why he says, come who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. The response, I, I want to simplify it because I think it is very simple. The res response to receive is simple. Turn your heart toward him. Turn your heart toward him. That's as simple as it gets. Now, it may not be the easiest thing to do, In fact, I rude. I just thought he was done. What the heck was that all about? I thought we had a good agreement going on there on Sunday mornings. I guess not. That's all right. Now I don't even remember where I was at. That was like totally distracting me. The simplicity of turning our heart towards him is is real. The complexity of it and the difficulty of it is also real. Because in our hearts, what has, what has to happen? For our hearts to turn towards Him, what really needs to happen? Come on, guys, join me. Let's talk about this. Let's just break this open. Let's crack the ice in this and let's, like, let's, let's figure out what this actually entails. Go ahead, Billy. A surrender. And in, in this surrender, a repentance, those are all, in fact, that's, it takes all of that because that's exactly what it is. It, it, it requires us to simply surrender the, the things and the stuff that we think we need to chase after, we think we need in our lives, and just to simply trust Him, that He knows us, He loves us, He actually is really good, and He pursues us with His goodness and in that, we find that he actually knows us so well that he knows that if, he, if we just simply trust him, that we'll find so much freedom and deliverance from the things that are binding us up, that are twisting us up, that are making us crooked in our thinking. Anybody got crooked thinking this morning? Yeah, it's a real thing. It's a real thing. And... and, and and only in trusting Him and surrendering to Him and repenting from all that stuff that is not of Him and getting up. Listen to this. This requires, I believe, a physical action. Getting up from the table of the world and walking away from it. Walking away from it to where now we sit at the table of the Lord. We actually get up and walk away from it. That means we've got to, as Jesus said, if your right eye is making you sin, you gouge it out. If your right hand is making you sin, you lob it off. Get rid of the stuff in your life that is causing 
the sickness that is causing the bitterness, that is causing the ailment, that is causing the twistedness in us. Get rid of that stuff. That's what repentance is. And moving towards and sitting at the table of the Lord, which is so good. The food at the table of the Lord is healing and it's got life and power and it's good for us. It's really good for us. You ever go to one of these restaurants that like, man, it's just the food is just so good. I just can't wait to get back there. That's the table of the Lord. But even better than that, because then he says, he says, you can't even buy this with money. You can't buy it with anything. In fact, there's no way that you can purchase this food that's at the table of the Lord. Did you know that? There's no way that you can actually make enough money um, do enough good works to get a ticket at the table of the Lord. How do we get there? Come on, guys. Come on. We know the answer. We know the answer. Accept the invitation, and the invitation is through Jesus. Yeah. Jesus. Amen. It's through Jesus and the blood of Jesus, the blood of the living God, that he came, surrendered his life so that we could have life. He gave up that spot in heaven, came and came to this place, this place, to redeem us, rescue us, save us. So that we can come and eat with him, we can dine with him, we can fellowship with him, we can be set free in him. He did that for us. And that's our only ticket in is through Jesus. Money can't buy it. Good works won't earn it. Jesus and the blood of Jesus, the grace of God through faith is the only way to get into it and to sit at that table. And that's awesome news. That is rest. That's what Jesus was talking about. Come to me and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. But this gets better. This gets better, this news of this, this invitation. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, starting in verse 14, let's go there. Because when we, when we simply struggle with and re, almost even refuse, or you could say refuse, decline, or just simply ignore the invitation then what happens is this, and this is in 2 Corinthians, Paul's writing this, he says, but their minds, they became hardened. And even to this day, when, when they read the Old Covenant, which the Old Covenant is full of God's promises, that same veil remains unlifted. So when they read the God's promises, they read it as, as a burden. They read it as something that is a law that actually that they can't live up to. And it, and it becomes this, this ugly thing to them. When they read, there's a veil that remains because only through Christ is it taken away. Yes, to this very day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Did you hear that? What was the answer for us to actually eat at the table? Turn to the Lord. The veil is removed and now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Amen. 
where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all with an unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the image, into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Now let's just get really, I, I, I want to talk about something that I feel, I, I just want to go here for a second because I think it's, it's good stuff. This transformation that is supposed to take place when we turn our heart to the Lord. This transformation that, that we're being promised of with an unveiled face is for us to simply walk in. For, and, and this transformation he's talking about is where we become like Christ. Where we become the new man. We become in the image of God, Jesus-like. And that's awesome because in that Jesus-likeness is where we find actual true freedom. That's where we find our true selves. That's where we actually can identify us as being who we actually are is, is this place when we find ourselves like Jesus. Now, I, I genuinely with all my heart believe that there's something that takes place in becoming like Christ. And I believe that this is what happens, is this. And I think this is, I know this is, this is very simple, is in becoming like Christ, there's something that God puts in our heart. And it's really simple. It's called worship. It's called, it, he, he puts inside of us a heart of worship. A heart that actually just surrenders to him. A heart that actually cries out in thanks to him. A heart that actually speaks with our mouths because out of the overflow of our heart, our mouth will speak and even sing and raise our hands. And I'm not talking about just, just I'm not saying just singing to the Lord, but a heart of worship that completely surrenders to him to where I say, God, you are it and I am not. And I am so thankful that your grace is good. See, a heart of worship that takes place, it causes us to do something, causes us to move, causes us to lift him up, causes us to praise his name and glorify God in everything that we do. I mean, everything we do, when I work with my hands and do something and make something and build something and, and, and craft something, if you will, I don't say, wow, look at what these hands did. Aren't they great? No, what I say is thank you, God, for making these hands to make this that you've caused me to make. Thank you, God, that you have designed me with a mind and a heart to do well and to honor you with my body, with my mind, with my heart, with my soul. This is a heart of worship, and in this heart of worship, we become like him. And here's where... Remember I talked about the vicious cycle where you, you become cynical, critical, bitterness, jealousy, all those things, man, they just get rolling and rolling and rolling and there's, it seems like there's no getting out of that rut. God can set you free from that rut, but it's a rut that goes deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. That's why in our home we do not allow bitterness, we do not allow jealousy, we do not allow backbiting of anybody in any sort. 
because it's poison. It's poison that causes a rut. You ever, you ever been in a home like that? Where it's just, there's just poison. And it's a rut poison. Rat poison, rut poison. And it, what it causes is, it, you know, when you go in, it's like all of a sudden everybody's talking about everybody. And it's ugly. And it's so easy to jump right in and say, yeah, yeah, it's like all of a sudden, it's like, man. And then you walk out, you're like, what the heck, man? I got to go take a shower now. But see, here's what happens with the good stuff is when we trust the Lord, when we walk in the Lord, and when we surrender to Him, and we worship God, see, this becomes then this next thing that happens is we become like God, we become like Christ, and then more worship takes place, and the more we become like Jesus. And the more we want to worship, and the more we want to become like Jesus. And you know what? Here's what's, this is great news. I'm going to skip to the end, because we're getting really distracted. All the parade goers are going home. That's okay. I know. This is really amazing. When we simply respond to God's invitation to dine with Him, to eat with Him, and I think we've concluded that all of us are invited because all of us got issues. Come on, there's a hand raised there. Amen. If you didn't raise your hand, you got the biggest issue in the room. I'm just saying. Because pride, ooh, I don't want to talk about that one. That one's too, diff, that one's too challenging. That's going to take too much time. When, re, when we respond to God's invitation to eat with him, ha, this is great news. Brothers and sisters, this is awesome news. He in turn gives us all that we actually need. And even more so. And you know what? is amazing and this is something that we're continuously working on and teaching Hunter and Carson the two young men in our home fantastic young men of God learning to trust God and I'm learning the same thing at the same time constantly I'm constantly learning he gives us so much more than we need but he doesn't give it to us so that we can hoard it he doesn't give us all that we need so that we can pile it up and say, wow, look how much God loves me. Look how much God loves me. A nice, nice little dance. Yeah, I shouldn't dance. Yeah. <clears throat> he gives it to us so that we could share it. He gives it to us to give to others, brothers and sisters. He gives us his grace so that we can give grace. He forgives us so that we can forgive. He provides way more than you need so that you can be a help to those in need. And that's what Jesus looks like. That's what we're designed to look like. We're designed and created to look like Jesus. Not to be takers, but to be givers completely and fully. That's awesome news. And his promises, his promises are always yes and they're always amen. His promises, yes, they come with a stipulation to be given, to be a conduit, 
couple last little notes that I, obviously I wrote them down, so maybe I should read them. What does this invitation promise us? God promises to satisfy and delight our hearts with wine and milk and rich food that's not of this world. That's not of this world that satisfies your very soul. And he doesn't do it by giving us the earthly comforts. All the earthly comforts will come with it. But that's not the goal. To put you up in a nice house here on this earth. (laughs) Because remember Jesus said what? Follow me. Follow me. Trust me. I'm going to prepare a place for you that's not of this world, but one that will be amazing and beyond and and above what you can even fathom. But trust me and follow me. God satisfies us fully by giving us himself. That's where our true satisfaction comes in having him. Having him. That's why he says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Because where the spirit of the Lord is, that's where he is. And that's where we find our complete self is only in him. Amen? What's your response? RSVP. Right now, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we respond to you. We respond to your invitation to just come and surrender and trust you. It seems like a no-brainer. So Lord, in the name of Jesus, by the power of your Spirit, we ask that you help us to just lay aside the stuff that's hindering, lay aside all those weights and all those even in our own minds some of them are in our mind and some of them are of this world and some of us got an actual physical latch on us but we're going to lay those aside and just simply trust you trust you and come and eat at your table come and dine with you where there is milk and honey and rich food for our very soul and in Jesus name we say yes in Jesus name We say yes to your invitation (laughs) to be like you. To be like you in a dark world that's lost its way. To be like you in a decaying world that needs help. To be like you in a confused world that needs clarity. To be like you in our home, in our job, in our family. To be like you everywhere we are. In Jesus' name, fill us with your spirit. May your kingdom come. May your will be done. Amen. Amen.